and welcome to Shelf Esteem. It's the podcast where I talk to interesting people about the books they found interesting. And this week I had two very interesting people, actor and writer Paul Rowe, whose recent novel, The Last Half of the Year, is just out and was long listed for the very prestigious Impact Award. And Mona Rossiter, his partner, who is uh, active in local politics. She has been in the past and I hear possibly will be again a candidate for the New Democratic Party. And uh, they are both not only well-read, but very interesting people. I had a great conversation with them, and I think you'll enjoy it. As always, I started out by asking what they've been reading lately that had made a big impact on them. I recently read a book called uh, Flaubert's Paris okay. by Julian Barnes. Have you read this I book? I have not read it, but I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I was in uh, Stephen Mill when we were doing that uh, Colony of Unrequited Dreams tour, and I dropped into the library there to scan the shelves and see if they had a copy of my book there. I sometimes mm -hmm. do that in small rural libraries to see if they have it. And they had a little book sale on the go for a dollar. Uh -huh. And I threw the thing and it was this wonderful book by Julian Barnes, who I'd never read anything by Julian Barnes before. Uh -huh. Anyway, it was called Flaubert's Parrot. Uh -huh. And uh, it, it was kind of presented as a novel, but of course when you read it, it wasn't really a novel. It was... Uh, um, you know, it was more, more almost like a, a nonfiction work, part memoir. It was like a me it was like a memoir that a fictional character had written about his pursuit. And the whole thing was that, in uh, in uh, uh, one of his books called *A Simple Heart*, Flaubert's book, it's just this lovely little book that spans the life of this sort of simple. French woman, mm -hmm. and uh, there's an in it. There's a parrot that appears, and the story was the local lawyer has that that uh, Flaubert to describe the parrot, and he got this parrot and brought it into the house. Oh and, yeah, and it was there for a week or so while he was writing so on. And then there are two different places in France that claim to have this parrot, and so oh. there are two different parrots, and mm -hmm. and so anyway, but it all triggered this whole reflection about Flaubert and his work, and uh, there was one section where he came up with a, like a, a Flaubert lexicon a little dictionary of Flaubert terms and just all of it. And anyway, it was just a wonderful read. Oh, that sounds Wonderful, great. exploratory, yeah. divergent kind of exploration into an author and his work. You know, uh -huh. it's just a beautiful thing. And it seemed very, very modern to me. I thought, oh, this must be like his latest book or something. It came out in 1983. Oh, yeah. That explains why I've heard of it for a long time. Yeah. 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 I love books. I love books about books. Yes. Book, you know, books about people who are fascinated with, with yes. an author or something right. like that. Yes. And I'd read a biography of Flaubert oh, like okay. some years ago. So uh -huh. that added to my enjoyment. Oh, of it, yeah. I think. It would, yeah. of course. Yeah. 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 What so about true. you, Mona? Anything Ooh. you read lately that stood out in your mind? Clara Callan. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Richard, Richard Wright. Wright. Yeah, that really... I, I started the book, kind of didn't like it at first. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, the first chapters, I, I don't know. And I put it down, and mm -hmm. then I... It was around the house for yeah, a long time. Yeah, it was time. around the house for a long time, and yeah. then I picked it up again and began it again. You know, I didn't pick up where I left off. Anyway, I couldn't put it down. Wow. So it was just so, and it was just, I think, because it was, a, for first of all, the two characters are women. Right. Right. And I think maybe, well, his writing style is beautiful, mm -hmm. right? And the, the whole use of letters was really interesting, yeah. you know, because it was the letters back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then I guess the topic, too, because it was poignant and sad, and it kind of struck me as kind of timely in today's world because, you know, there's um, a violent incident in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, and I thought, well, you know, things haven't really changed. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because this is set in another period. But uh -huh. what time period what, is it set in? Is it 
It's set in the twenties. Okay. Yeah, twenties. Yeah. You know, the yeah, between yeah mm. between the wars. So uh, so I was thinking to myself, well, God, things haven't really changed in, yeah. in the way yet people's lives go on, mm. right? And they build productive full lives, but there's just this this dark thing that's mm-hmm. in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, it was just a gorgeous book. I really, really, yeah. you know, and I couldn't put it down after I picked it up not really liking it. There was it's just, it's just, unusual yeah. to, to, like, put a book down and then come back to yeah. it and find yourself. It just wasn't in the it. headspace for it or something, yeah. or, or something I, I didn't, I couldn't, whatever. But when I picked it up that second time, mm-hmm. I... Maybe sometimes, you know, with a book, you have to get past the first chapter yes. before you're... Yeah. But or whatever it was... just has to be the right time the right for time, you. Right? Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's a beautiful book. I would really recommend reading it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it? that... Did that win a big award? When it, yeah. Like it was good with yeah. Gaylor, was yeah, it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 I know I associate it with that, with being yeah. some big award winner. Yeah. 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 So anyway, I really... Yeah. That, I think that's the most... Re- you know, one of the most recent books I read that really stuck with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a similar experience of, uh, of Clara Callan, actually. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, that was just such. Uh, I was in London, Ontario, again on that uh-huh. same tour earlier oh, okay. in the year. Yeah. And I remember we had, like, uh, we had a hardcover copy of yep. it in the house for, like, a couple of years. And finally even <laughs> let it go. It was a second hand. And we it went out uh-huh. the door again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we were just doing a call of books and went out the door again. Then it came in again. And yeah. back <laughs> I know. It's too really funny. Wanted and we both, really wanted to we be. We read it. And we were, and we were both really so struck by it. So blown away that, by that book. Yeah. Oh, wow. okay. Now, this is a question I didn't ask beforehand. But I'm curious because I think you guys are the first couple I've ever had on here. Right. And I'm wondering, do you read a lot of the same books? Books, or do you tend to have very different tastes? Uh, I think it's like 50-50 kind of thing. Yeah, we, yeah. we do read some like some of the things. Paul will say, I read this and I think you'd really like it. Mm-hmm. Or, and I'll do the same. But he has certain tastes, I think, that are different than mine. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I tend to probably lean towards different authors. You'll, you, probably you read more nonfiction than I do, I think. I probably read more nonfiction for mm-hmm. sure, right? Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, so yeah, I don't think it's... It's like we share back and forth a lot, but we no. do share back and forth. Oh, well, yeah. we, we occasionally well, go on these but, but literary partic- adventures together. It, yeah, oh, but really? it, 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 like um, I'm thinking Richard of Yates. Uh, Richard Yates. We both okay. shared that back and forth, uh-huh. right? Because we like both read really all like, of Richard Yates' yeah. novels, and, and I've read them all. And yeah. I, was, I was the one who discovered yeah. him, and I said, uh-huh. well, you got to read this. And, and then I when, I, be when I read the first one, I couldn't put it down. And every now and again, like we'd be lying there and say, just listen to this, and it would be a really funny bit or something, and I'd read it out loud. We'd just be in stitches, you know, and then Mona would do the same thing to me when she'd be reading something. Yeah. We That's just loved probably him. Are you familiar of, with him? Yeah. I'm not. No, oh, no. no I really have to. The Easter Parade is oh. just, Easter parade is yeah, Emily book. and Sarah Grimes, you know, like yeah. they're just characters that will always stay with me. Oh, wow. Right? Mm-hmm. Forever. And a Revolutionary day. Rose, especially. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know that because of the movie, which I also yeah. haven't seen, but I know it was based on a book, so that's, yeah, that, yeah. that's my association. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Every time I have people come in to do the podcast, I end up with more books on my <laughs> own to read list, which is, you know, so long already. No doubt. But uh, Richard Yates, I will make yeah. it. Yeah, oh, you note. have yeah. to, yeah. There's just, a, he has a great body of work. He's kind of, uh, really, I think he's uh, an under represented, valued American writer. Mm-hmm. I really think people don't really know his work. The well, they same didn't except, for many, many years. Except Rev- Rev- he's Rev- experienced a kind of a resurgence now, part, uh, partly due to the to the, the, the yeah. movie. Right, yeah. Uh, but uh, Revolutionary Road, incredibly, was shortlisted for the, the National Book Award in, like, 1963. Oh, really? But it didn't win. Okay. And then it went on to sell, like, 
7,000 copies or something, something in the yeah. U.S., you know? Uh-huh. Uh, and so uh, he produced, what, six novels, I think, subsequent to that, none of which was really like a big seller or anything. And he became mm-hmm. rather well known as a, a teacher up in that Iowa writer's group. Oh, right, whole yes, set. Yeah. yeah. And then for many years, he was just regarded as like the, a writer's writer that, you know, a certain writerly crowd knew about. Yes, yeah. And then the more well-known uh, American writer, Richard Ford. Right. And one yeah. of his, I think it was a... Uh, uh, I yes. think it's called Men and Women. It's yep. just, it was a short book with like three uh, long stories in it. Mm-hmm. And in that, he acknowledged on his, uh, like on the ti- on the title page or whatever, right. his indebtedness to the work of Richard Ye- Yates. Yes. Oh, okay. And I think that helped, sort of you know, bring more into more attention. Yeah. And then yeah, in popular culture, he actually found his way into popular culture a little bit because... Uh, what's his name, the Seinfeld guy? Larry David. Larry oh, David. Yes, yeah. Larry oh, David yeah. <laughs> dated his daughter, Monica Yates. Oh. And you know how Larry David, all of his yes. situations are based on real life episodes yes, and everything. Yeah, and yeah. he met Richard Yates, her father, and he was quite a cantankerous fellow. Uh-huh. And so there's an episode where in the first scene, Elaine's father uh-huh. was, a, was a great writer, and George and uh, uh, Jerry had to meet him at a restaurant. Elaine yeah, was and late they getting there. Oh, and they modeled really? it after. Oh, really? Yeah. Then George was so frightened, they were like hiding in the bathroom. And George was like, I'm frightened, I want to go home, you know, because he was so irascible, right? Oh my goodness. Anyway, so that's Richard Yates, yeah. That's an amazing way for a writer to filter into the I know, I know, go figure, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's too funny. What would either of you say is a book that's had a big influence on you? Think back over like the books of your life. Books of my life, like as an adult you know, middle-aged woman, Mm -hmm. I think probably hasn't really had an influence on my life, but it's one of the books that probably stands out of, and I go back to and pick it up Uh and reread it, some pieces Mm -hmm. of it, is Out Stealing Horses by Pierre Peterson, Norwegian writer, was translated. Uh But uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful book. Okay. I don't, I've literally never heard of that book. Oh, yeah. I think he won the Impact, Impact when it was called the Impact Dublin Award. Right. I think it won that, you know. But uh, it's just a beautiful, tender story. It's a, it's funny. It's about a 67-year-old man, Trond, you know, who uh-huh. kind of leaves Oslo and goes to the woods, you know, to just kind of leave his life behind. And it begins in the now and then goes backwards to... Mm-hmm to when he was a young man and young boy and and what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just a it's a really really Im, you know profoundly you know important book, I yeah. think, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's and I, and I do when I, you know, I have picked it up like when I'm typing away at my computer doing something else and sometimes I'm I just, you know, you need to break and I'll I'll take it off the bookshelf and I'll open it up and just Read a section, a section two or three, it, yeah. two or three paragraphs, oh, yeah. and it'll make me feel it's just something mm-hmm. really stirring about it. You know, oh, it's great to have yeah. those books that you can go yeah. back to, you yeah. know, throughout life yeah. and reread, yeah. or just like you say, just, just reread bits yeah. of, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think it, um, I think it's this that book for me, um, kind of expanded my experiences about life. 
Uh-huh. Right? So, and books that do that, yeah. I think, are really important. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. yeah, so I just love that book, and I just love it. And I have not read anything else by him. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's... I've never funny, you know, for such a profound, the impactful <laughs> yeah. book. I, I haven't pursued yeah. another book by him, right? Yeah, but I, but he is a Norwegian writer, and he has written, you know, other books. And, are, and I think his style probably... Maybe, maybe it's his style that I like, too, because there's something about, I think, who... The woman who did the translation, I think probably, I haven't really read any other translation by her, but I think she captured that style, Mm -hmm. that Scandinavian style. There's a certain sparseness to the writing, probably. Yeah. And the landscape sparseness in that book really appealed to me, Mm -hmm. right? So I think maybe there's a connection there. I don't know. Could be, yeah. You know? It's interesting about works in translation. Yeah. Yeah, Because I always wonder, are you getting that same style or the voice of the author the same way you would if you could read the original? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of on a Tolstoy binge right now. Oh, yeah? And that crosses my mind from time to time. Yeah. I mean, it's too late, I think, in this incarnation. I'm not going to be learning Russian. Not going to be learning Russian at this point. Being able to read, you know. So uh, that yeah. must be a wonderful thing to be able to read him and his original. Yeah, and, and yeah, the original. Yeah. But I have to say, most of the translations I find that I've read of, of Tolstoy are quite elegant and and beautiful. Yes, yeah. You know, Russian writers in general seem to. Whereas I struggle with uh, uh, the ma- do you know the Master and Margarita by Mikhail? I know of it Rodakov. again. I haven't yeah. read it, but I had somebody at the very first podcast I had in here. Somebody was raving about how that was like their favorite book of yeah, all time. Yeah, the twentieth century, yeah. like it's a masterpiece, really. But I do find I've read two different translations of it now, and there's something um, rigid or. Uh, about uh, the way the book moves ahead. I don't know. Uh, hmm. And I wonder if it's... Uh, sometimes I put it down to that. I'm wondering if it is just a difficult book to translate because it's about such kind of otherworldly things, you know. Hmm. Whereas when I read uh, Tolstoy, it just seems to move so seamlessly from one yes. thing to another. And he, yeah. he captures the psychological consciousness of a person so, so accurately, so mm-hmm. beautifully. It just yeah. seems so realistic the way they... And what I find interesting about Tolstoy is like, uh, you know, you, you're in a character's head and there's this one whole set of, of uh, perceptions that they're convinced of and they're convinced of. And in the next chapter, they, or even in the same scene, they'll just come right around to a whole completely yes. different way of viewing the same situation. And he'll do that like mm-hmm. seamlessly. A few years ago, I set a goal for myself to try to either reread classics that I hadn't properly appreciated the first time around or read classics that I had somehow missed because even having like two degrees in English there's there's books you don't, you know, so you just good. miss or else you had to read them yeah. for class. And and I read uh, Anna Karenina, which was one I had oh, never yeah. read. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then I think the other Russian I uh, I ventured into was Dostoevsky because I'd never read any. And I read Crime and Punishment. So, right. uh, But, yeah, I don't read a lot in translation. I think the only book I've ever read any of in the original language and then in English is Les Miserables, which I had to, I read um, an abridged version in French in school, yeah. in high school. And my French, my high school French was so bad that I had only like the vaguest sense yeah, yeah, of yeah. what was going on. Yeah. I'm like, I don't really know the plot of the story. And then of course, years later, I saw the musical and I was like, oh, I should actually read this. <laughs> you know? No, so that's what was happening. Yeah. But yeah, I think you're very, you know, you're kind of handicapped if you, if you, don't have that ability to compare, but most of us don't, the original no. language with the translation. No, we have to have no. faith in the translation. Yeah, no. yeah. But it's funny, you know, when I think about three books that I that I have you know, that I really like, three of them are translated. Oh, okay. Right? Because it's um, Pierre Peterson's Outstealing Horses, it's Maxim Gorky, 
uh-huh. the three, and it's Elaine Fournier, uh, the Wanderer. In translation, it's called the Wanderer, but it was called the Le, Le, Le Grand Moan or whatever. I don't know how to uh-huh. say it in French. I think it's three. three. I think that's a tree. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. But it's three of them are translated, mm, right? Interesting. And there's the three books that I probably, you know, like I could pick to say they really had an impact on me, and I really liked them. Uh huh. So. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Because I guess it's a real art, you know. And oh, it so, is. You know, to yeah. translate effectively, you yeah, know. Yeah, to translate well must be a real art form in and of itself. To, to get know. the nuance, to be able to pick the right words, to be able mm-hmm. to convey what the author was trying to do. Because yeah. language is, you know, can be really unique. Yeah, and know? so much of it depends on, on you know, just what yeah. word the author picks. But mm-hmm. then yeah. if you're translating, the translator is picking a different word. Yeah, and, yeah, so... so. Oh, and what they're writing about is so complex yeah. and, and, yeah. and particular, and so I'm I'm constantly mm-hmm. amazed at yeah. uh, at the renderings that I'm you know yeah. I pick up in these these books yeah. that I'm reading right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, so I sort of set off recently on a kind of a, a goal to try to re- you know. So I'm I've done all the Tolstoy now. I'm halfway through Resurrection, which was I think the last novel written, but the second last one published. Okay. His last book, Hajimarab, came out after he died. Uh huh. And then of course. Uh, so I've read Anna Karenina, but uh, uh, War and Peace, no. So no? That's, uh, no. I mean, you know, it's a privilege to be able to read a, a book like that. Uh-huh. The, the longest book I've ever read was A Suitable Boy by Vikram Seth, which is probably as long or longer than... Uh, yes, yeah. And I remember I bought it. I was uh, getting on a train in Toronto and going to Vancouver, so I knew I was going to have a lot of time on my hands. Uh-huh. And at Union Station, I went to the to the bookstore, and there was this massive, you know, paperback copy uh-huh. of this book, A Suitable Boy. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience to be able to sit on a train for hours at a time and read, like... 300 pages that are sitting oh you yeah because you can be so immersed in so in, wonderful yeah. it's just a wonderful yeah. experience and I can't see reading more in PC any other way you know I'm just yeah. going to have to take the time have to carve out the time somehow yes. to make it possible yeah. to read even though it was written in snatches yeah. it used to be read in great chunks I yes. think yes yeah. which kind of reminds me of another of the questions I sometimes ask which is if you could live in the world of a book is there a book you would like to enter the world of? Yes. Yeah, what's that? The Violent Friendship of Esther Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nobody's mentioned that book in such a long that time. That is a gorgeous book. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. For anybody listening to the podcast, that is my least known work. Violent Friendship of Esther I really loved that book. Thank you. Was it's, that a debut for you? Uh, no, I had written some young adult novels, but it was sort of my first... You know, Sarah, it was it was the novel that I thought was going to be my big break and change my life, but publishing is a weird business, and it didn't mm. work out that way. But it, it is. It, <laughs> but it was I, yeah. fascinating to write and to research. To I, I bet it was. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it really was. The whole was. Jonathan Swift and the whole fact, like, now that I, you know, like, I, when I read it, like, I kind of picked up the book and read it, like, uh-huh. or began to read it without really knowing really what I was reading. Yeah. You know, yeah. which I'm glad to like. And then when I, you know, then mm-hmm. kind of read about it after, yeah. I was like, yeah, it was, I really loved that world. And it was mm-hmm. so well uh, thought through and rendered. It and, was a fascinating yeah. world to, to visit for researching. And I've, you know, the last four books I've written have been set in much more recent times, right, yeah. contemporary yeah. times. And I'm trying to go back now mm-hmm. for the, the, the thing I'm researching now to the 17th century. Right. And yeah. Wow, this is, it's been a long time since, since I've been here. Been there. Yeah. 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 And maybe yeah. that appealed to me too because, uh, you know, as a young girl, I read, you know, uh, Charlotte Bronte and Emily yes, Bronte yeah. and Jane Austen and all that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, 
it has yeah. some I felt at home almost. Yes. You know, yeah. there was well, a feeling I've, there. For me, that's the big appeal yeah. of writing, but also, I mean, I write historical fiction because it's what I read. And a good historical fiction, to yeah. me, can make you feel like you've visited the past. Yes, and yeah. that's... Uh, that's a, that's a fascinating. Well, I felt you like know. I was there, yeah. right? Yeah, in those rooms. Yeah, well, it's good to hear. That's, yeah. that's what you always hope for as yeah. a as a writer. Yeah. yeah, my attraction in that respect has always been toward the past as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, with with uh, Tolstoy, um, but uh, you know, always from the point of view. Like I've just uh, Tolstoy wrote a sort of. Uh, it was all, again. It was. Uh, Purportedly a novel, but really it was a memoir, mm-hmm. and, and and there were three small novels, and these were his first adventures in literature mm-hmm. when he was still in his twenties, and they're called uh, uh, childhood, boyhood, and youth, mm-hmm. and then they're generally published now in one, you know in one volume, and it's basically about him and his life and what it was like to be growing up yeah. uh, as the son of a, a count, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, he himself was a count, uh, you know, very privileged on a huge estate. Uh, that had like 150 serfs or something, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so we all want to go back so, to you that. Know, <laughs> like, then you, you read all the serfs, all yeah, one, not yeah. be yeah. the well, serf, exactly. be the peasant. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's like it all seems like yeah. a very kind of nice, interesting world as long as you're warm and cozy yeah. and uh, yes. you know in a decent yeah. place yeah. and a decent. So you are like you know you don't have to be a count, but I'd like to be some mid-level lord who's mm. you know. <laughs> Doesn't have to worry about being cold and hungry. Yeah. And then I enjoy moving around in those worlds. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm yeah. sure in reality, I'm, I'm sort of a part of my brain is aware of the fact that they were very precarious. Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think there's a live. fundamental difference between you know that idea of recreating a world between an author who's actually writing in that time period and a modern author trying to yes, recreate it. it. Um, yeah. And I think there's a lot of the attitudes and details that a modern author can never get quite right, no matter how much research they do. But the other thing I find interesting is the flip side of that. Um, like you mentioned Austen. Yeah. Uh, you know, no modern writer can really recreate the no. world of Jane Austen the way she could. No. But at the same time, you've got something like, um, have you read Joe Baker's Longburn? No, no. Which is a novel about the servants in the house oh, in Pride yeah, and Prejudice. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, you know, Joe Baker's a, a contemporary yeah. author, and she's obviously, you know, done this yeah. massive amount of research on, you know, early 19th yeah. century servant class. Right. Um, but you do have that opportunity to explore the lives of people that 19th century novelists, for example, didn't consider didn't, worth didn't. writing about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Because, I mean, you read Pride and Prejudice yeah. and you think, or, or maybe you don't think, but at some point I think, well, who's cooking these meals? Well, well no, no, I, I positively think of all <laughs> yes, that. Yeah. You know, like, who's doing yeah. all that work? Yeah, you know, who's keeping yeah. all this going, right? Yeah. yeah, it would have been, you know, my people. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> they would have been all my people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that's for me when I was researching the violent French yeah. of Ven- Esther Johnson. We were visiting all these um, stately homes right. in England of right. that time period. Uh, but for me, the best part of the tour was always when you got to see the kitchen. Kitchen, yeah. Because yeah. you would see this was, you yeah. know, this was the vast, unseen scene yeah. machinery that yeah. made this you know, yeah that lifestyle possible yeah. right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I know I'm harping on Tolstoy a lot but oh, like in, in Resurrection uh, you know there's Tolstoy is often uh, hyper aware of those realities because mm-hmm. he had a kind of a crease the conscience you yes. know, as a, yeah. in, yeah. in, in his midlife mm-hmm. where he became uh, you know That's he right. repudiated uh, he practically you know uh, 
uh, you know, was on the brink of giving away his land and yes, property yeah. and he loathed wealth and his personal privilege and so on. So he struggled a lot with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he uh, you know, got into great uh, uh, conflict with his wife because he at one point signed away all the future royalties to yes. certain of his books rather than leaving them all to his family and things right, like this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he left his wife at the age of 90. He walked out of the house in the middle of the night. It's wild, huh? You I know, know, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and uh, but he, so the, in Resurrection, you meet this guy and that's exactly what's going through. He's a young count and when you first encounter him, I mean, he wakes up in the in the morning and just the, 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 the description of what he has to go through just to perform his toilette and yes, get dressed yeah. and, you know, get out and get going for the right, day. There's yeah. an army of servants at his mm -hmm. disposal. But then as the thing unfolds, well, this woman that he uh, had an affair with when he was younger is now on trial. And, uh, you know, he, he, he comes around to a place where he wants to rescue her and renounce all his wealth. And I don't think that's going to happen. We're going to see where it's all going. I don't really know how it all lands. But he's going to follow her into Siberia because she gets sent away to jail there. Oh, yeah. You know, but uh, I it's just such an interesting idea of somebody to at least create somebody who's aware of yes, the dichotomy yeah. Yeah. and the contradictions in their own existence as uh, uh, living with that amount of wealth, which is a lot more interesting. Maybe, I think, mm -hmm. depending on the book, I suppose, but more just to somebody who just takes all that for granted. Yes, yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. But, you know, books like, um, it's not a place I necessarily, or, or not something, but, you know, like, um, uh, what's her name? Zadie Smith. Oh, yes. Uh, White Teeth. Mm -hmm. Like, that book, like, it's so far from my world. There's, a, there's mm -hmm. an ensemble cast of characters in there. It's about race and yeah. and, um, and and chance and how yeah. your life could unfold and all that. And sometimes, I, I, you know, like, that book was like, yeah, I wonder if I had been in that kind of world, if I was born as an immigrant coming to a country, mm -hmm. you know, and growing up in a in you know 60s 70s london or something what would i where would your life have been what would have been like so sometimes like a book like that can make you think about well you know what if i was in that world yeah right? yeah because yeah. i really liked that book too yeah i thought I, it was amazing i book. just started reading zadie smith this summer and i yeah. actually haven't read white teeth yeah. i read swing time and on beauty right uh but yeah she does that you oh know, yeah creating she's a great a, writer yeah, and it, it's the, and, and right in the <laughs> What the the lead guy like when the book opened up with Archie Archie what's his name I've forgotten his last name Archie anyway like and it's like he's, he's trying to kill himself and, 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 and it doesn't work out you know like yeah. it's like and then it goes from there and it just gallops along and it's really interesting and there's so many characters and this change of voice and anyway it's a really great book and I and the whole world that uh -huh. world is so different from the world that I would yeah, you know, growing yeah. up in St John's and yeah. being the person you know the family we have like a, it's like it's a different world I would have nice to be in that world sometimes. Mm -hmm. A book lets you do that. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. there's a pleasure in reading things yeah. that reflect the reality you know, but there's also such yeah. a pleasure in reading about a world that's so different from So different, yeah. right? Yeah. It helps us, I think, understand. I mean, this sounds like, you know, they everybody pretty trots this out, but, you yeah. know, it really does help you understand the world reading oh, fiction. Yeah, yeah it, it does. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like as an English teacher, that's sort of the standard justification yeah. for why do we read fiction. But mm -hmm. I really believe it. Like, I, I know so much more about the world from reading novels Me than too. I'm ever going to get from yeah. my own little experience. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And to sensitize you to how other people can be feeling. That's right, Because you yes. can have an emotional response to a character, which is very much like, the, mm -hmm. you know, an emotional response you probably never get from a human being in yeah. a way, unless you find yourself mm -hmm. in some extraordinary situation with them. But at least by reading a novel, 
your nervous system has gone through the, yeah, the, yeah. the process of actually, you know, feeling some great emotion or some great yeah. sympathy or so, mm. a profound sadness or, you know, yeah. so it's, it's great. I oh, think the first is. book yeah. that ever happened, that ever happened to me was Of Mice and Men. And I think that oh, was, yeah. like for me, that was the lamp. I was in grade nine. Um, I wasn't on the curriculum. Uh, a teacher that I had recommended it. To me, I got it from the school library, and I just remember, you know, what it was like to go around feeling really saddened for a couple of days because of yes. a book that I had read, yes. and I had never really had that experience before, you know, that a book could actually hit you emotionally like that. I yeah. guess up until that point in my life, I loved reading adventure stories, and I was mm -hmm. a big King Arthur and Robin Hood and yeah. all that kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. But to think that a book could actually get, go to your heart like that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah I, was, that was a, I was an avid reader as a kid, but I can remember at about that age, too, I think um, the book Flowers for Algernon. Right, the, yeah. Same, same I, think, I think it was yeah. the same thing. It was grade nine. It was yeah. in the school library. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't an assigned yeah. text. I think the books you have great experiences with are almost never the assigned That's text fine, in huh? school, yeah. uh, which I struggle with as an English yeah. teacher. But the one that you find on the on the school library yeah. shelf or the public library shelf yeah. or wherever. Yeah. And I can remember just, oh, being so emotionally invested in that book yes. and so horrified reading through it realizing what was happening and how yeah. it was going to end yeah yeah that's that's an interesting uh it's an interesting question is the first book that you felt really emotionally involved with mm -hmm. for sure for sure i think i think for for me maybe the or one of the early books that i read and it's not not that i got emotionally involved but awakened me to kind of class structure mm -hmm. was evil and law um brideshead revisited, brideshead revisited. Oh, you know when i read that and i was probably i don't know great 11 maybe great mm -hmm. 10 or 11 i got it off a shelf you know mm -hmm. no first thing who he was or yeah but i, I that whole class yes. structure and the you know the your stratification in the world and all mm. that became i became aware of that through that yeah and i was naive to that yeah up to that yeah. point yeah who better you know? than a british novelist <laughs> yeah because they're so yeah, yeah, yeah. aware of that <laughs> yeah yeah so i think yeah and that kind of like was for awakening you know yeah, yeah. and i took that off like a just a shelf you know yeah. like in wasn't on any curriculum. I read Brideshead Revisited a little older than that, but not much. I had just graduated from college, and I had gone on a trip to England by myself uh, for three weeks. And I was going trying to get somewhere on a train one day, and by the time I got there... I either never got to the place I was going or the thing I had wanted to see, which was probably a museum or something, was closed by the time I got there and I turned around and went to it. So I basically spent the whole day on a train reading Brideshead Revisited. Yeah, and at yeah. the end of the day, I was like, I have just been on a much more interesting yeah. journey than I would have been had I gotten to where I was going because I had I been think, into the past. I think trains are great for that. Yeah, trains are great. Yeah. Yes, trains yeah. are great for reading. It's yeah. yeah. so true, hey? We yeah. didn't get Travel a chance to do that here. Okay. Planes used to be good for reading before they got the in-flight entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to, yeah, there's too many know, options. Too many options, yeah. I still yeah. read a fair bit on planes I've uh, and, and traveling generally. I'm a great uh, devotee of the e-reader because you can take so yeah. many books so many books with, with you. you. Yeah. And uh, I can remember before e-readers yeah. actually panicking on a vacation, <laughs> thinking, I'm going to run out of books. Yeah. I'm going to run out of books, and I might not be yeah. near a bookstore. What am I going to do? So now I just load it up. But it, it is nice to have that serendipitous thing, too, of just wandering into a bookstore somewhere and finding a book yes, that, books you know, call yeah, out yeah. to you. This is what I find. Yeah. And even authors, like I, I, a year and a half or so ago, I, I got on a Salinger kick, you know, oh, because yeah. I'd, I'd always only read, well, a bit of Franny and Zoe, but, uh, 
The Catcher in the yeah. Rye. I've only read The Catcher and, in the Rye. And then I, I saw this wonderful yeah. uh, documentary on Salinger that was mm-hmm. on Netflix for a while. Oh, okay. And it just, you know, oftentimes that'll happen. And, get, and suddenly it was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to read whatever's out there now. Mm-hmm. On Salinger, and I love these books, you know. They were great fun. And read a couple of books about him. And, yeah. And so on, you know. I remember when we were just, uh, this is sort of related, but it's just related to travel, but we were in Cuba and we were, there, were, there was nowhere to get, like, and you know something to read, yeah, right? You yeah. know, because I remember we found the Patricia Highsmith short story book in a in a store. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, just this little thin was volume the, of Patricia was that the Highsmith. One, the, the, the bestiary. Yeah, that's the all these one that's called stories about animals. Animal, oh, animal. It's called a. It's called a bestiary. No, it? no, it's called a. <laughs> anyway, is it, I've forgotten the name of it, but it's 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 it's. And if you've read any Patricia Highsmith, like it's worth reading because mm-hmm. she's satirical, chilling, savage, yeah. savage stories. noir humor, yeah. and chilling stories really. Yeah. But she's but, the one who wrote the talented Mr. Ripley, yeah, right? Yeah, yes, okay. exactly. exactly. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. there's one where she's there's a guy who's trapped on an island with a giant snail, oh. a snail, you know, and uh, <laughs> but they're really interesting. And it eventually yeah. gets him, you know. Oh, really, yeah. It just takes days. He's trying to animal lovers this. book of yeah. Of murders, yeah, or something, something like, like that, that is called. But yeah. anyway, well, I really always publish a blog post with the titles of all the books oh, okay. we talked about in the yeah, podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people can't remember the yeah. titles. But, but Patricia know. Highsmith is a really interesting writer, and, mm-hmm. and again, I think I you know because she, there was some controversy around her at the time because I think around homosexuality and so on. But mm-hmm. uh, she's a really interesting, satirical, dark humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, ex- explores the darkness of the of the human yeah. <laughs> condition. You know, mm-hmm. in in a very satirical, humorous, dark, very good writer. I, I really think she's something, oh, yeah. somebody mm-hmm. worth reading. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. well, she published that that uh, lesbian love story anonymously. That was her first novel. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. And that was published anonymously, and wasn't it wasn't revealed that it was her who had written like for decades. And right. it was recently a movie, and I'm yeah. again I forget, but it starred Kate Winslet and uh, uh, Rooney Mara, I think. Oh, maybe, oh yes, yeah. this is yeah. familiar. Yeah. I can't remember yes, the title. Yes, it was, it was yeah. the yeah. woman's name is the title, yeah. but it was. But her like, writing is great. great too. It's really yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, she's really oh my goodness, brilliant. Yeah. 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 I just want to say one more thing about Clara Callan. Oh yeah. Well, it's just that. I mean, I had a rare experience with that book, but I think it's uh, it's the mark of a really, really good book. When uh, toward the end of that book, I had this feeling that I had an understanding of life so profound that if I could just keep what it was that I was learning from this book before me as I moved forward through life, I would somehow live a more successful life and I would have this deep and profound understanding of everything that was going on around me all the time. I mean, it's a really rare and profound experience that I had with that book. Wow. And of course, that faded. Did it only last while you were reading the book? Yeah, or did pretty it linger, for a yeah. little, it lingered for a little while, you know, mm. but the odd thing is I actually thought it might have more staying power than mm-hmm. that but it was very elusive you know and the life sort of which are, so uh, I gotta say there was something uh, really powerful and uh, interesting about that book yeah yeah yeah. Frankenstein is like that too. And, like and, I love, yeah. and I, I said to Paul earlier, I said I was thinking about the books that I really, really like, you know, mm-hmm. and or they've had an effect on me, and and they're Clara Callan, and it's told mm-hmm. through letter writing, right, right. Um, the Navigator of New York. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. You know, Wayne yeah. and letters again, and yeah. Frankenstein mm-hmm. letters. Interesting. Right, and I, I had never really thought about that before, just because we were just chit chatting about you know tonight's yeah. you know. 
experiment discussion, uh-huh. you know, and I, they were all letter writing exercises, that and the story is told yeah. through letter writing, right? And I didn't think I'd actually really like that device. Yeah, but actually, it's a very hard device to do well, yeah. I think, because yeah. when mm. when you're telling a story through letters. Mm. It's always you're always at one remove from the yeah, action. It's yeah. somebody exactly. you know yeah, yeah. telling you about it or telling the other character about yeah. it rather than portraying it as it happens. Yeah. So I think it's it has to be a very very good writer yeah. who can tell a story Pick effectively through using letters. that. Yeah, yeah I think he so. uses journal. Richard Wright in that case used journal Journals, issues yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Three way correspondence going on. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Between and and, 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 and Navigator New York did that too. And again, yeah. I, I I remember yeah. that book when I first started. I wasn't sure it was gonna. Mm-hmm. I didn't really quite like it, but yeah. then once I got into the exchange of letters and stuff like that, I mm-hmm. I really liked it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's just a something. The old yeah. Paulus epistolary yeah. style. Yeah. Yeah. I would never undertake to do it. No, I don't no. think I would. I've used letters, uh, letters and journal entries a bit mm. in books to kind of you know sort of support the narrative here and there, but I would never. I think I don't think I'd be confident enough to try to tell a whole story whole through story. Yeah. 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 yeah it's a it's it's a big undertaking and it i is. admire anyone who can do yeah. it well yeah. and have it work yeah interesting mm-hmm. yeah it, it's mm-hmm. yeah i can't imagine it would be easy yeah. have i ever fallen in love with a character have you ever fallen in love with a character <laughs> i can only book? say and again our our, our uh, uh discussion is not terribly wide-ranging because <laughs> i'm going to come <laughs> i'm going to come back to anna karenina oh, but, okay. but mostly because her uh uh I saw the. She was depicted by the French actress Sophie Moreau in one one film version of it. I saw. Mm-hmm. She was just to me. I thought she was such a beautiful epitome. You know, she captured that character so well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sean Bean. Right. Later, oh, yes, uh, Game right, of yeah. Thrones <laughs> played yeah. the Count in that one, uh-huh. and. Uh, um, you know, the film itself, of course, fell short because it was a, it was just a regular feature, probably, a, you know, maybe 120 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And really, it needs a six-part uh, miniseries, miniseries to yes. really do yeah, its justice. It so the story kind of fell short. But as for, you know, uh, you know, reading, reading about uh, Anna, just, yeah. Probably that's the closest I've ever come. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Fiona? I don't think any one character, but you know, the characters that Ian McEwen. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. all of his characters have something like in um, On Chesil Beach, Atonement, mm. Solar, that solar. odd little book, Solar, <laughs> right, that he wrote. I don't know, you know, but all of his characters, they're, they're so imagined and real I think you know and it's not that I fall in love with them but I remember them yeah they linger with they linger you, with yeah. me and I kind of remember them and sometimes if I hear something or I'll think about of a funny line or episode with the mm-hmm. character you know so I can't say I fall in love with them but they stick out for me I, I definitely yeah. I had a bit of a crush on the guy in atonement but that's 100% because of the film because he was played by James McAvoy yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah 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 his characters are always interesting you yeah. know yes yeah. McAvoy's yeah. in The Last Station too which is oh, okay. that, that movie about Tolstoy's last days right oh, okay. he turns up in that too yes oh, he's yeah. a good looking fellow but he, he was particularly charming in that <laughs> and, and that sympathetic as well yeah. I think if I, 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 I this wouldn't be falling in love with a character necessarily but the character I think I, I feel so I don't know like, it's feel like for. Emily Grimes in the yes. Easter Parade yes. you know yeah. and I, I love Emily like and I kind of in a way I guess I did fall in love with her but I also felt like oh god Emily <laughs> you know like 
you know yeah. it didn't have to go there you know in that yeah. direction you know Emily right mm -hmm. and I really like the character and I like Sarah her sister too but Emily you know reading yeah. uh, that Richard Yates' books I mean one of the things most of the books are written in the 60s and 70s, uh, 70s I guess 60s yeah. and 70s yeah. well, it was in the yeah. 60s and 70s eh? and uh, some a bit later I guess <laughs> but uh, the, just the attitude toward people like Emily Grimes at the end of the story I think is 51 years old and it's like late her, 40s. her, her I think life she, is her over her life is over <laughs> you know? she's 49 or and, and all of the male yeah. characters are like you know it's like they talk about being 50 and, and that's, that's it that's you're it. over exactly. and it's, done with especially right? women yeah. Especially well, women. Too, right? though. Yeah, but, but too. women in particular. I've made your mark by 50. You might That's well it. It's yeah. all yeah. over. Right? Oh my, well, what a depressing yeah. thought that I know. is. <laughs> but you know, I do, I do think that is something that there has been a genuine cultural shift on. And it's probably, you know, baby boomers just coming along and dominating everything. But I mean, I had that experience recently that you sometimes have, and then you put it on Facebook if you're that kind of person to share it with the world, of finding a picture of my grandparents. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was a baby, and I don't remember them very well, uh, but my dad had showed me this picture. Um, and I scanned it and posted it on Facebook for some of my family to see. And everybody started commenting on how, you know, uh, Nanny and Grandpa were, I guess, early to mid-60s yeah. in that picture. And they looked Ancient. ancient. They look yep. like what I would think of now as people in their 80s. 80s, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, so I think we do age differently and perceive oh, aging so. very differently. I think you know? so, yeah. yeah. And I certainly do not think of 50 as the <laughs> end know, of anything like at this really point. Yeah. Well, the poor old Emily Grimes. And you know, like, Emily. It was like at the towards the end of it, you were thinking, like, they, basically the, the writer or the, you know, I felt she was written off and I was like, my God, our life is just beginning yeah. here. Right. You know, but yeah. yeah. So they, that, yeah. That's a really oh my god it's yeah. it's heart wrenching it's heartbreaking uh, yeah. but um, they're all good I think but Revolutionary Road I mean as an influential yeah. book I have to say I've read that book about five times yeah I mean I could start reading it again tomorrow uh -huh. it's one of those things you know. I really literally could open it up at any page and just start reading and probably if there's something about the prose style mm -hmm. and yeah. and how he captures experience yeah. that's uh, that's extraordinary and then it's a, it's one of those things where and that book for some reason is his it's his best mm -hmm. even though it's his first and the other thing is the incredible prescience yeah, of yeah. the novel to be able yeah. to capture because it, it reads like something that was written in the 70s looking back through the lens of the late 50s, yeah. you know, yeah. the post-war generation. Everything yeah. would have required some, some time to capture that broad yeah. view yeah. of the whole yeah, that's you know, right. social that's right. landscape. That's really good. But no, yeah. it was, I think it might have even been 61. Like yeah. It was just like... So oh, it was right really in the middle of it and he saw what was going on, that age of anxiety. The other book that I feel that way about about is The Great Gatsby. Yeah. The Great yeah. Gatsby yeah. was written She's before the stock too. market crash. Yeah. Yeah. But it feels like yeah. it was written after the Great Depression because it feels yeah. like he knew yeah. that all this was going to come tumbling down yeah. and this yeah. whole gilded world was, was going, going to come to crashing. Yeah. And it, so when I yeah. read, that was one of the books that when I was rereading classics a few years ago, yeah. I went back to because I had read it in college. Yeah. And that was when I realized, oh my gosh, this was written yeah. before everything fell yeah. apart, but yeah. yet it has that prescience, that yeah. sense of yeah. Interestingly enough, Richard Yates 
Keats's favorite novel. Really? Yeah. yeah the Great Gatsby. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 You could never read the final chat, the, the final uh, paragraphs mm-hmm. without tearing up. Oh, you yeah. Know? yeah. Because it's that, that whole idea of being yeah. anchored to your I past know. and mm-hmm. who you are, and there's no escaping who you are. Yeah. And he struggled with that a lot. A lot, yeah. Because of his, his family was, they were called shabby genteel, shabby, yeah. you know, they had just a hint of blue blood in there, but no money. But no money. You know, and a mother with enormous pretensions who, you know, dragged the him and his sister from and, pillar to post, you know, like probably just in another to, time would have been an independent, well known, extraordinary artist on her own, but right. at the time constrained. Yes, yeah. you know, yeah. And being a woman, I and being a woman, too. right? You know, yeah. yeah. She once yeah. sculpted a head of Roosevelt, for yeah. example. Oh, wow. like, so she got to yeah. be that level of, you know, uh-huh. yeah, you know, to but to yeah, being be a woman and being in that time, you know, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he had this very, very strange, and it comes up a lot in his work. Mm-hmm. His characters often have very strained relationships with, uh, with the mother, with the mother, uh, the mother character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, of course, that was a big '60s thing too, blaming mothers. Oh for yeah, you totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah exactly. So I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. certainly does. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're we're still at that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, there was a time when it was yeah. so you know so oh, child is autistic. Yeah. Yeah. That's the mother's that's fault. The mother's fault. Homosexual. Yeah. His mother made it that way. Everything was every every yeah. Twist of life was was because your mother because had your mother screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. All to yeah. do with your relationship with mom. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. totally. <laughs> Are there books that you? Is there a book that you wish you could get other people to read, or that you try to get other people to read, or that you press on people? Mona. <laughs> <laughs> I think out stealing horses comes. Yeah. I yeah. I, I wish everybody would read that book. Yeah. It's just a, a beautiful book. And, uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. for me, it's Revolutionary yeah. Road. I've yeah. bought that book yeah. and given it to people. Yeah. 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 And I haven't actually bought the book. <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't. I haven't started down that road yet. Maybe. I'm going to a like if I'm in a yeah. new town, yeah. I go to a secondhand bookstore, yeah. and whatever Richard Yates novels are there, I'll buy them and I'll just give them to people. Really? Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm. Yeah. I think the other, the other uh, like, and that's, this is not a novel or anything, but the plays, plays by um, Sean O'Casey. Okay. Right? Because w- those little plays, the, there was a little, my sister had this book in university, like in the 70s, and it ended up in our house, and I remember picking it up and reading it, mm-hmm. and there were three plays, you know, the, I can't remember the names of them, but, um, but his, the, the plays of Sean O'Casey, I think are really worth I don't know, maybe Newfoundlanders reading? I don't yeah. know. There's something about it that really yeah. resonated with me. Yeah. Maybe it's that Irish connection or something. What are, what, I'm trying to think if I've read any of his yeah, plays. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm thinking of the uh, the Juno and the Peacock. Okay, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, and, yeah, uh, and yeah. The Shadow of a Gunman. Oh, okay. Shadow yeah. of a Gunman. gunman. Yeah, like, that's right. You know, because it's like, you know, the whole Irish troubles, you know, yes, it, yeah. this whole, not not the more recent, but the earlier yes, you know, part of yeah. the century. But uh, I think they're really worth mm. reading. Like, yeah. I don't it's know if people pick that up or not. pick up and read plays. Yeah, you know? yeah, but yeah. they're really worth reading. I did that a lot of when I, when yeah. I, my, or when I got interested in theater first, yeah. I was always looking for that exciting new play. You uh-huh. know? And that, that phase kind of passed, so I rarely, uh, yeah. I'm like you, I rarely read a play. Uh, I, n- I never read plays, but those I remember reading, and they stick out. You know, like they, mm. to me, I remember the stories and they're in the way they, they're written. It's. Mm. I just read an interesting uh, solo performance piece, though, by Connor McPherson, who's a terrific Irish playwright. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of a play called The Weir? 
No, wait now. Yes, I have. Yeah, Somebody was talking about it. Yeah, it yeah. was at the. At, there was a production at the hall. Yes, there was a production here. I didn't get to see it, but somebody yeah, was telling me about right. it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I've been in that show. Oh, really? And it's you know it's basically um, you know uh, a new gal shows up in a small Irish town, and she's coming. Uh, one of the guys is bringing her to the pub that night to meet some of the locals, mm -hmm. and they each take a turn telling her a ghost story. Oh, okay. And then in the end, she blows their mind by telling the biggest ghost story of all. It's really interesting, really yeah, good. Yeah. Uh -huh. first. It toured all over the world. It was a big hit for him. But anyway, uh, so I just recently borrowed from a friend of mine a little volume of three. Because his first endeavors were all... Uh, he said he only wrote the weird to prove that he could actually write dialogue. Okay. Because he, had, he was becoming... He, they were all one-man plays. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, I did have a theater-related question to ask you specifically, Paul, because I saw you in The Colony of Unrequited Dreams, which right. I think is an amazing play. Uh, and I had uh, Robert in here a while ago doing the podcast and talking about, you know, adapting it for, uh, yeah. for the stage. But I assume you had read that novel before you were in the play? I did. Yes. Yeah. So how, like, what is it like stepping yeah. into a role in 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 a book that's that's become a play? Like, well, I can't say that that was the experience because the character I play barely appears in the okay, book. Okay. Yes. It's interesting because yeah, Wayne right. said to me when, yeah. after the the show yeah, in Ottawa right. when it opened in Ottawa, we had a chat with uh, yeah. with Wayne afterwards, and he said. I think it's my favorite scene in the whole play, he said, and it's, uh, I didn't write one line of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's yeah, great. it was great. So Robert basically invented, those. there's a mention, the name is there, and maybe mm -hmm. a sentence or two about that guy. Right, yeah. Uh, but Robert built on that. Built on he that, built yeah, that, that whole scene, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I've never really had that experience. Yeah, but you did love the book. Inhabiting a character in a book, and I don't yeah. know, I can't think back. Although, you know, yeah. I did adapt my own first novel oh, did you? for the stage okay. for Rising Tide did. Theater and played a season out there, and I played the main character uh -huh. myself. Oh, and how was that? Well, that, that was, been it was amazing. Thing to do. It was It was really interesting and mm -hmm. uh, and in a way almost effortless yeah. in terms of preparing for the role. Because because, I, was it because you knew the character so well? Because I just so knew well? the character yeah. so well. It was yeah. just like yeah. the easiest time yeah. that I ever just kind of thought, okay, I know I know how this yeah. character is going to behave throughout this whole and thing. And you know what motivates them. And you know what yeah. motivates them. Yeah. Yeah. That was almost like uh, left me gasping for air a little bit because it was like th there's no resistance here, you know. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to yeah, you know. Interesting. So yeah. I've just finished reading your newest book, the last half of the year. Uh, are you going to adapt that one for stage? Uh, <laughs> if somebody wanted to invite me to do that, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, provide a commission, I would start work on it tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, you so. think it would work work as a play? I think as well? be a, I think no. I think more. I think that's more filmic that particular. Okay. Book, yeah. Well, I could definitely see it as a film. I definitely yeah. could see it yeah. as a film yeah. too. It it's totally a bit works edgy as a film. And a bit gritty and it, it jumps around a lot and yeah. uh, could see it as a, a nice. There's I, a I car involved. I find it hard to imagine it yes. to stage. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's it's a car to, involved. It's hard to do all that time yeah. in the car on stage. It's a road novel. It is a road novel. Yeah. it is because yeah. Yeah, what I loved about that novel was the... I love books that, that play around with your perception of what kind of story you think you're reading or what kind of character right. you think you're reading about. And and I had that experience partway through that book of, of going, oh, this guy is not the person I thought he was. Or, you know, yeah, there's, there's something... It would be easy to start off with a set of misconceptions yes, about him. Yeah, and there's something quite different happening here than what I realized was happening. Mm -hmm. So I really admired uh, the way you did that. That was, that was fascinating. Mm -hmm. Which kind of leads into, I guess, one of my other questions, which might be our last question, sure. which is what are books by... By local authors. Anything that you've read lately by a local author, 
uh, or not even lately, but you know, that, that, that kind of stands out to you? I mean, that's an easy question in many ways. There are so many good oh, books. Yeah. Uh, but I read Sweetland. Uh, oh, I love Sweetland so and, much. And I love Sweetland, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's chilling mm -hmm. at times and disturbing and dark. I like reading Michael uh, Crummy in particular because it's it seems to me like you get the double uh, pleasure of reading a poet and a prose yes. stylist at the mm -hmm. same time. Like, he's just that good. And the the... the, the the poetic quality of his prose is not self-conscious or you know flowery no. or you know un, un, unwelcomed in any no. way, because uh, he's very deft. Mm. Uh, so uh, I find that in particular, you know, a pleasure. With, I agree. With I feel like him. he does lovely things with language, but it's yeah. always in the service of story and character, Absolutely. not just to show off, look, I can write really, I can really do, yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. You just put that up much more succinctly. <laughs> in our yeah. you know, I oh, put it, but that's exactly what I was trying to yeah. say. Yeah. And then he's very bold imagination. That's mm. the other thing I like about Michael. I mean, yes. like the uh, opening of Galore, for example, oh, yes. when he has that whale wash mm. up on the beach, yeah. and then they go and they cut open the whale, and out comes Buddy's arm, and suddenly yes. there's a guy. I'm just thinking, like, what an wow, amazing opening, opening for, for a book. novel, it is. right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. So Michael's, he, yeah. he's, yeah. I, I think I think he might be our greatest living novelist. I, I, I love both Galore and Sweetland, particularly. I just think are two of the greatest books ever set in Newfoundland. Yeah. They're incredible. Yeah. I have to say he's my favorite mm -hmm. from the panoply. Yes. Yeah. So wonderful. For the panoply uh, of great Newfoundland. Oh, yeah. No, There's a lot of there good right writing now. coming There's out so of here. Much. Yeah. There's you so know? much. Yeah, men and women and, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of good stuff. That's true. Right? So... Well, I think for me, it has to be Wayne Johnson. Yeah. For me, most of anything that I've read by Wayne, yeah. I really, really like, you know, um, Baltimore's Mansion in particular. That's know? one I haven't read. That's yeah. I've read most, not all, but I've read most of it. I haven't read Baltimore's yeah. Mansion. There's just, um, I, I said that to Paul earlier tonight, too. It's just um, well, one of the chapters very early in the book. I think it's the second chapter or third chapter. It talks about, you know, the whole experience uh, with a horse, you know, mm -hmm. in the cold, in the winter, in Fairyland, you know, and mm -hmm. it's just something I will never forget, you know. Yeah. I can feel it, I can, I feel the, the breath of the horse, you know, and you're mm -hmm. reading that, right? Yeah, yeah. so I think, I, I really like Wayne's work. There was one book that I read recently, I didn't, I didn't actually like it, it was Wayne's book, and I never remember the name of that one. <laughs> But a the, woman, a, a particular, a woman of a particular. I'm sorry. Uh, I never get that name right. Son of a certain woman. That's well it. Done. I could not put it down, but mm. I didn't like the book. Huh? Isn't that odd? Yeah. That is odd. And I could not yeah. put it down, but something about the story I didn't like. I think. I mean, it was too You know, it was you know well done and all that. But I, I just at the end of it, I was like, I just don't like this book. That wasn't you know? a good experience. It wasn't for a good experience, but yet I couldn't put the book down. So I don't know what that says. You know, but there's something I really like. Wayne for True. for, mm -hmm. uh, for the too. storytelling I think yes, probably yeah. Colony yeah. is a long-standing favorite book yeah, of mine. Of course, yes, yeah. 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 Uh, and I like Lisa Moore too. You know? it for the first yeah. time. I like Lisa. I haven't too. read a lot of Lisa. Like, there's so much of Lisa you could yes, read, but I sure. do. I the the book that I did read way years ago now was Open, the short stories. Yes, you know? yeah, yeah, you know short that kind of got me interested in. Well, you know, just that was a whole different writing style mm -hmm. that I'd been exposed to for sure. Yeah, yeah. so I kind of like her. Bridget Canning's uh, yeah. recent novel. Oh yes. Is an excellent 
I love yeah. that. I found that yeah. so I haven't read that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We have that yeah. home. Greatest yeah. 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 I'm looking forward to reading that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just finished reading Mary Walsh's novel. Oh, yeah. okay. Crying for the Moon. Which, I have that home as well. I haven't yeah. read that yet. It's, right? uh, yeah. She does such a good job uh, of evoking a certain type and well, you know what you were saying about social class yeah. earlier in British, yeah. a certain social strata of yeah. St. John's oh, society yeah. at a particular time yeah. which I mean she's done in, in other yeah. formats in theater as well mm-hmm. uh, but yeah it's it, it does that really well it captures a, a part of a part of the world that I grew up in but not the same Right. strata of St. John's right, life right, that yeah. I grew up in so it's uh, yeah. it's really interesting yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah she does that so well Oh my God, there's so many books. <laughs> there are so many books. So little time. And we are nearly out of time for this. Yeah. Is there any book either of you wanted to talk about that we didn't get to or didn't get a chance to mention? Richard Ford's Canada is a yeah. really great book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah. I, don't know I really like about that one. Yeah, yeah, that's a really great book. Mona met Richard Ford. I met when he was here. He was your reading, right? Yeah, uh-huh. and he read from that book. And uh, anyway, I got the book. And uh-huh. I wasn't sure just because of the title. I was yeah. like, what could this possibly be about? You know, how could it be possible? <laughs> and what is it possibly? Well, about? It, it starts. It, there's a murder involved, uh-huh. right? It's a, it's it, it's it's good to read because uh-huh. and then, without giving it all away, but oh, it, yeah, it's it, set in the states and mm-hmm. something happens. You know, an incident in the states and and. They got to run. They have to. Yeah. They have to go on the run, and yeah. Canada oh, figures into it. Okay. So they come, or they one of the characters comes to Canada. Oh, interesting. Right? But it's just, it's almost like, like the first. It's almost like two books in in one book, right? Uh-huh. But anyway, it's really, it's a great book. I could not put that down either. Oh right? wow! Yeah, I had not even heard of that. Yeah, so that's worth reading yeah. too. And again, it's his style of writing that I really like. It's mm-hmm. that something about that American certain mm-hmm. style of contemporary writing that's clean and very delivers the story but it's you know mm-hmm. it's you know yeah. it's not flowery he has a collection in of short way, stories right? called a multitude of sins which is really good right. yeah i i uh, was in brooklyn one time and uh myself and my friend paul whittle mm. went to a reading given by Jeffrey Eugenides. Oh, okay, who, yes. Uh, and Middlesex. The, that's right, yeah. Middlesex, right, which right. is that's a book the... that Paul's always raving about, The Verge yeah. of Suicides too, right? Yes. But the yeah. one that I got that night was The the Marriage, marriage Plot. Marriage Plot, yes, yeah. yeah. Which I liked quite a lot. Uh-huh. And another big favorite of mine is The Corrections by uh, John. Oh, yeah, 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 just, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. read it a couple of times as well, and it's a pretty, pretty big book, but just a wonderful, wonderful book. And he's a wonderful writer, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did read the follow-up to that one, which was the... Yeah. Uh, the one about the bird well. sanctuary and all that. That was oh, really. Yes. I mean, he's an avid. Bird he's really yeah, into yeah, birds. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's really, yeah. really into birds. Yeah, the thing really about him too. is when you read the mm-hmm. when you read his uh, nonfiction stuff, and he it has the same voice as his fiction yeah. stuff, which is really interesting. I find. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we read we read an article he wrote too, in the yeah, magazine. Yeah. It's like reading one of his novels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jonathan, we didn't mention him at all. No, Jonathan Franzen. The corrections had a big impact on me. I just love that book. Yeah, yeah. So funny. And yet so serious. And you know, know uh, the other local writer that I, I feel like I need to mention too is uh, is uh, Ed Rich. Oh, yes. Like yeah. The Nine Planets. Yes. You know? When I read that, it was one of the best books I had read in a long, yeah, long time. Yeah. You know, and I really fa- I find him really has a great sense of humor. Yes, you know? very and, funny. Yeah, very again, funny. Again, with that sometimes sort of a dark humor. Dark kind yeah. of sense of humor, and it, but, but uh, very good writing. And yeah, like, I, I, I think, the last book I don't think we've quality, seen sure. the best of Ed yet. Hmm. I think there's a 
a lot of good work, but we'll there's see. There's more to come. Yeah, there's eh? more to come. I think he's only getting started, I'd hope. Uh, yeah. But I, I like Ed's work, too, a lot. Mm. Right? Easy to like, you yeah. know, that book that he wrote. Which is yeah. <laughs> easy to like. Not only Both he and the book. Easy to like. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great, guys. Um, we are just about out of time, so I'm okay. going to wrap it up and say okay. thank you very much. I've really enjoyed this. Thank you. And I've now I have a whole bunch more books and writers that I need to check out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, look, where do we get the time, right? I know. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. This is my last shelf of steam for 2017. I'll be back again in the new year with some really interesting new guests that I think you're going to enjoy. Until then, particularly if you've got some time off over the holidays and into the new year, I hope you will use it to read some good books and, as always, build your shelf esteem. 